Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self-Build magazine. So I'm lucky to be joined by longtime magazine contributor Patrick Waterfield. He's here to chat about what it takes to build an eco-house without breaking the bank. So, I mean, just, just to get us started, I suppose it wasn't really too long ago, maybe a decade or even less, that building an eco-house kind of meant having to pay more, really, than the average construction cost. So it was like pretty much specialist work. You had advisors, you had tradesmen, everyone had to be kind of quite specialist, and the materials did as well. So everything kind of came at a premium but the costs have come down, obviously, and the building regulations in the Republic probably had a little bit to do with that, um, making eco features pretty much mandatory. But I suppose, you know, building a house to make it cheap to run doesn't really necessarily make it green from the point of view of other eco credentials, as in how eco friendly the materials you use actually are. So, Patrick, it's probably a good idea to start off with kind of definitions, as always, and try to, to frame the, the narrative there and just what we mean by an eco-house. So, just the difference between an energy-efficient house and the more broadly defined eco-house in the sense of life cycle analyses and from that point of view. Yeah, no, thanks, Astrid, and uh, welcome, everyone. Um, pleasure to, to be here. Um, live uh, for once. Um, a uh, bit different from uh, just writing an article and uh, having Astrid cut it to bits and uh, and then publish it in the magazine. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, see how it goes. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think it's um, uh, I would say simply an energy efficient house is something a concept that everybody understands. It's just a matter of degrees. Um, energy efficient? How energy efficient? Uh, how energy efficient compared to what? 
compared to what it used to be for a refurb maybe, compared to the minimum standard in the building regulations, compared to other houses in the area or in the country, that kind of thing. So um, I think we understand energy efficiency, I say it's just a matter of, uh, of degrees. But the, would you say energy efficiency can be equated as cheap to run, basically cheap bills, cheap energy bills at the end of the day, like from the homeowner point of view? Absolutely. Be, and, and yeah. you know, the, the, the cost driver, um, you know, has, has got to be there. And maybe in past years, it really wasn't. Um, you know, as, uh, as somebody once said, energy was too darn cheap. Uh, it's not so cheap now, maybe, and it's not going to be getting any cheaper into the future. So, um, yes, there's always a, a cost driver. The, the um, definition of eco-house, as you said, uh, is much more difficult to pin down and could mean a lot of different things to different people. Um, I mean, I would like to think that uh, any, any house uh, called an eco-house would also uh, be an energy efficient house. But um, depending on where you're coming from, you know, your focus, you may be looking at other things. You mentioned materials quite rightly. Some people would say you can't have an eco house unless you have natural materials. You can't have an eco house with oil based insulation or, or stuff like that. And then maybe what about, um, what about renewables? What about water consumption? There's a whole lot of, uh, of ecological issues that, uh, that come up when you're designing and building a house. So I think that's, um, yeah, it's a harder one to, uh, to pin down. To pin down, yeah, and to define. Because really, I suppose what we've been using as a definition in Ireland for the past while is this passive house standard is kind of a, a great way to, to simplify what an energy efficient house means to a certain extent. I, I suppose, would that be a good indicator? Is that yeah, a good I, I, benchmark I to work to? It is. It's a, uh, yeah, it's an excellent benchmark, and uh, you know has been for some for some while. It it set the standards, uh, defined the standards, and uh, and and um, you know really um, uh, you know uh, helped raise awareness uh, about what an energy efficient uh, and possibly eco house could be. Um, so yes, uh, it's uh, it, and it's very well used and very well known in a lot of countries worldwide. Um, I think the, 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 the thing about a, a passive house is, you know, um, I, I, I'm sure we'll come on to mentioning my, my house, uh, you know, throughout this um, uh, transmission, but um, I uh, designed and built my house to a similar kind of standard, but I didn't go for the passive house uh, certification. And there was a reason for that. And it was to do with the kind of uh, components and systems that you need to have in, uh, you know, to get your passive house certification. And obviously, uh, from a passive, the passive house point of view, the Passive House Institute, that allows them to more closely regulate their, uh, their brand, their certification, and they need to do that. But um, often these components will come at a cost premium. And yes, I was certainly interested in, uh, in, in the cost. It's, it's funny, you know, um, I've all through my working life, I've been uh, trying to um, uh, tell other people how to spend their money on their buildings. And when it came to, uh, you know, um, putting my own money where my mouth is, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. Um, but more than that, I wanted to show that you could build a house that was incredibly energy efficient and um, eco-friendly. 
from industry standard components without necessarily having to uh, go looking for these um, you know, very high performing and um, generally more highly priced components. So I think that's one thing that's uh, worth highlighting. Now, the plus side of, of uh, Passive House Institute is when I built my house, um, I, I said it was energy efficient. I didn't necessarily say it was eco, but somebody might have said, well, you say, you might say it's eco, but uh, yeah, so says who? Um, now, if you have a passive house and you have a certification, you can say the Passive House Institute says, uh, uh, Professor Wolfgang Feist and the whole institute and all the experience that they put in to uh, researching and defining their standards um, and you know that carries a lot of weight so um, I think you know there's there's a uh, there's pros merit and cons. to it yeah yeah, yeah 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 but at the end of the day I think most people don't really care about getting the certificate they want a house that is energy efficient and cheap to run and relatively eco-friendly whatever uh, that means for them i suppose it is a question of choice you know not using too much water as you said or materials things like that there is a, an element of personal choice in that there's no nothing like forcing us to do any of that yet really um to any significant extent but just i'm interested so going back to your own house when you're saying that you you kind of you had that cost analysis and you had that cost brain on what what didn't you put in like because passive house does have that requirement of having mechanical ventilation with heat recovery which most people do nowadays in the republic in new builds um so was that did you did you change the ventilation system or was there what what did you change what was what was required and what did you do um i do have a mechanical ventilation with heat recovery and I mean, if I could sort of maybe, um, you know, um, address one, one of the starting points, uh, you know, um, I think it is always got to be insulation. Um, you try and get the heat uh, requirement, heating requirement of the house uh, down as far as possible or as far as sensible, at least. And that, of course, means looking at your building fabric, your uh, walls, um, roof, uh, floor windows as well, of course. Um, but once you've done that, you start looking at that, then you need to look at the heat loss uh, that occurs by ventilation. Otherwise, it's like the proverbial bucket with two holes in the bottom and you only fix one of them. Uh, water is still going to leak out, and uh, or in this case, the, the heat and the energy and the money. Um, when you start doing that and you tighten up your building fabric, uh, uh, you know, to make it airtight, you need to make sure not only that you're not um, having too much ventilation, but importantly, that you don't have too little. And I think that's where the mechanical ventilation system comes in, because you can design in the ventilation correctly, make sure you've got enough, and you can also then harness the waste heat, uh, which would otherwise be lost. And that in turn feeds back and reduces again the heating requirement of the house. So it's a nice little uh, circular uh, uh, situation there. So, yeah, I definitely have a mechanical ventilation system with heat recovery. So what, what was it that made you not um, take the boxes for a passive house? Because I presume you insulated and made the house airtight so that Absolutely. you met all those requirements. Um, what was I, it? That... I, I did. I, I, um, I also actually um, ran the house through the, the PHPP software, which is an excellent tool. Um, which is what... the passive house Correct. planning package. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, 
what I think, as I say, made me, made, made me stop short of that was, as I say, what I wanted to do was to show that I could uh, assemble uh, a house which performed to the same kind of level from uh, components that were readily available locally. And, and uh, that I did manage to do. So uh, while my overall um, uh, heating requirement was uh, actually below, just below the, the, the threshold for, for passive house, um, it didn't perform to passive house uh, standards in other aspects. For example, my windows uh, were not um, as uh, low U-value as a passive house would require. My air tightness was not as low as a passive house standard. So um, in the case of the windows, that was an interesting one because I did actually end up going for PVC windows and I didn't think I would do that. If somebody had told me if, uh, a couple of years before, I would have said, no, I want uh, nice uh, you know, timber windows, maybe um, you know, aluminium uh, exterior with timber in, 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 internally. But in the end, the cost argument was so persuasive uh, instead of costing me about thirty thousand, uh, uh, you know, for euro for all the uh, windows in a house, mine cost about seven. You know, it's hard to argue with that. Um, and I have to say, they performed extremely well. Triple glazed. Um, you know, the, the uh, thermally they're they're really excellent. Um, the sand insulation value also is very noticeable when it's blowing a gale outside. Um, it's really calm and still inside. And um, the PVC windows um, are extremely low maintenance and, yeah, look just about as good today as they did uh, 12 years ago. So I, I know we covered this in the current edition of the magazine, but how much are you spending uh, like a year on average or how much, what's your energy usage? Is it, did it, did it deliver on what your expectations? Because you've been in for a good while now, so... Been in for a good while. Um, yes, I had to scratch my head a bit and think about that because, um, I mean, first of all, I should explain that um, my focus, and I'm not dodging your question, I will come back to it. Um, my focus uh, was in uh, designing out the central heating system. So I wanted to get my, I had to get my fabric uh, U-values and, and of course my ventilation heat loss way, way down as far as, uh, as I possibly could. So that meant a lot of insulation, it meant the triple glazing, it meant the um, mechanical ventilation with heat recovery. And I reckoned if I could get my building fabric U-value down uh, to about 0.2 watts per square meter of K, then I reckoned I could uh, do away with the central heating system. Uh, for a start, I went for a timber frame, I went for a 150 mil stud, um, and uh, some insulation in the cavity uh, with a block, uh, render block outer uh, leaf, some insulation inside the stud as well, uh, you know, dry lining, um, you know, a, a lot of insulation in the roof and the floor, of course, um, triple glazing, as I've said. So um, that was to get my U-value right, right down. So um, the house does not have a boiler or a heat pump. It doesn't have radiators or underfloor heating. It has a, a fairly small wood burner uh, in the main living area, and it relies on um, the heat. Um, it's fairly open plan, uh, also from ground floor to first floor, so heat is able to rise through thermal buoyancy, and otherwise it's distributed around the house via the um, mechanical ventilation system. So yeah, and that I, works, and it's it, comfortable. It, it, it works really well. 
I, I yeah. did a couple of other And that saves things. a lot. I mean, between the underfloor, the heat pump, I mean, that's, that's People money. People have always been coming into the, the, the house over the years uh, at certain times of the year, and they look around and they, they say there's no radiators on the wall, and they say, oh, uh, underfloor heating then. Oh. Hmm. No, no underfloor, yeah. no, no heating. Um, what I found is, is that if the house has been, if it's continually occupied, then, you know, you build up some thermal mass. I did, I did build some thermal mass into the house in the form of a, a kind of a large ingle nook uh, around the, the wood burner to help, um, you know, heat that up and hold some heat within uh, the building. Because one of the things about, uh, you know, timber frame buildings, um, they're well insulated, they're quick response, but um, they don't maybe hold the heat so well within the fabric, uh, internal fabric of the building. So, you, so it's it's made of bricks. Your 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 little heat store in the yes, masonry. It's, it's, made of block. it's a brick it's, one. It, it's oh, it's blocks. It's, yeah. Um, yes, it's, it, it's dense block. Um, and you know that that that, uh, that works pretty well. So, so it's a bench, or what is it? You, would you sit on it and it's warm? Kind of it keeps. No, it's not. Uh, there's a like a wall. Uh, you know, this this feature is about three and a half meters long. Um, it, it's like a, there's a wall at the back of the wood burner. Um, it then turns in. Um, uh, you know, at the ends and then turns back on itself a short amount. So it makes a kind of ingle nook, like like you see on the old, old um, houses, you know, um, sort of big, big fireplaces, you know, a lot of thermal mass, a lot of um, block or maybe stone in that case around it, which sort of helps, you know, when you have a, a fire radiant heat, it radiates out, heats up that thermal mass and helps to, uh, you know, stabilize the temperature uh, within within the space. So uh, that works pretty well. Um, so as I say, um, yeah, I find that after the house has been occupied for uh, you know two or three days, I really hardly need to run the the the, the wood burner at all, even in in the middle of winter. Uh, you know, the heat generated by people um, just cooking, uh, maybe taking showers or whatever, um, all that again is scavenged through the. Uh, uh, heat recovery system, and about maybe seventy-five percent of it thereabouts returned back into uh, the house. So I found it works very well. So when I talk about heating costs, you have to understand I don't have any gas, I don't have any oil, um, I have uh, uh, wood wood blocks, and you know that's kind of it. So you you get uh, kiln dried trim timber. You what do you use yes, to, it, it, to you in have... the wood burner? Indeed, uh, it wouldn't necessarily need to be kiln dried, but it would need to be uh, well seasoned. It would need to be um, maybe air dried. Certainly, don't uh, you know try and burn green timber in your wood burner because um, you know it really won't work very well. So um, you ideally want timber which was um, you know cut from the year before and has been uh, stacked and well air dried. Kiln dried, yes, you can do that, um, but you know certainly um, you need to get. Uh, you need to get it with a low water content and then you'll find you get a good um, calorific value out of it. And also, importantly, you don't uh, end up gumming up the, um, uh, the flue and corroding the uh, uh, inside of your wood burner so much. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so then you got to, so, so would, you, would you pay for that or do you have your own timber that you yourself dry in the shed? And I'm certainly not. I don't have that. So I do pay no, I do pay for it. So I probably pay about uh, 500 euro a year, something like that um, for my uh, okay. timber. Um, and then I have electricity um, because, you know, I have um, all LEDs uh, throughout the house. And 12 years ago, 
that was not a, a simple, straightforward matter. I tried to get people to design a lighting system for me and nobody could do it. Now, of course, LEDs are um, more or less kind of, uh, you know, standard issue these days. So it shows how quickly things have changed. But back then, um, it was hard to get a hold of things. It was hard to get anyone to, you know, uh, to tell you how many you needed in a particular space. So I had to kind of research that and do it all myself. And I'm happy to say um, it worked pretty well. So, um, you know, my lighting is, is, is all low energy. Um, I have the uh, mechanical ventilation heat recovery system. I have um, other continuous loads would be, uh, I have a little mini water treatment um, system um, instead of a septic tank. So uh, that's continuously agitating um, and then sort of runs into a percolating uh, area. And uh, apparently um, the the stuff that, come, that comes out of this uh, is a three-chamber system. Um, you could discharge, well, you can discharge it straight into a public water course. Apparently, you, you could uh, you could drink it. I haven't tried, but no, um, I wouldn't. It, try. No, I uh, wouldn't but try. It, it, it's supposed to be very, uh, you know, mm. uh, very well treated. So that that's a continuous load. And then otherwise, you just have normal domestic um, loads. Yeah. You know, you have your kitchen, um, refrigeration, uh, freezer, um, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. I have one. I have one electric shower. My other shower is run because my wood burner has a back boiler. Okay, so that's important. Um, I think, um, in in many ways, uh, you know, to try and get more out of your system. So anytime you're um, heating up the wood burner to raise heat to heat the space, I'm also raising hot water that goes up into the tank and that feeds uh, one of my showers. Um, now also, um, I found actually that in the winter time. If I'd been in a house, um, maybe um, if it was pretty cold, I was running the wood burner, uh, you know, fairly, uh, fairly well, but not drawing off the hot water. I actually had too much hot water in my tank. So um, I actually, um, you know, the way a hot water uh, cylinder has um, maybe at least two coils. Uh, typically, you would um, have one connected to your, your boiler, um, for example, and the other could be uh, connected to uh, some, you know, solar tubes, for example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have the solar tubes, but I don't yeah. have the boiler. So I had a free coil. So I was able to reverse pump out of the tank into two um, towel radiators in the bathrooms, um, heat the bathrooms. Then, of course, because I'm extracting heat from them all the time with the ventilation system, I'm mm -hmm. actually recovering some of that heat and putting it back into the house. So, again, that was another way of balancing uh, the whole house. Um, yeah. And, it, and that works very well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, 
Okay. And, and so, so that's all your hot water needs. Obviously you actually well, have I, cases I, where you have too much hot water. Uh, well, almost as I say, I found then that uh, because I was taking, able to take the, the, the heat off the, the, the tank um, and, uh, you know, put it into the, uh, the towel radiators uh, and then the heat from them was uh, returned through uh, the ventilation system back into the house that reduced the, the burden on the wood burner. So I was able to run that uh, lower and therefore, um, you know, that generate solved, less yeah, hot water. Generate less, less hot water, yeah, absolutely. But then, but then in the summer, obviously, you don't necessarily want to light your wood burner, you especially with the heat with to get, <laughs> to get hot water. Like. You'd have to, you know, throw hmm. the windows open. Absolutely. So I've got these solar tubes uh, and, and they work really well. Um, I went for tubes in particular because um, the orientation of the house was uh, determined by various things, um, uh, but it ended up being uh, kind of uh, southwest. So if you're if you're directly south, then maybe a flat plate will will, will be as good on average over the year. If you're maybe um, you know southeast southwest, I think the tubes perform better. Um, with, with you know from uh, different orientations, and I have to say they've worked very very well. Um, so, and the immersion, uh, does it have to come on at all to, for hot water with the solar tubes, if that's I, your only I source in say, summer? I would say uh, the solar tubes and the wood burner between them seasonally have done almost all the hot water I have needed. I would honestly say that I could count the times I switched the electric immersion on on the fingers of one hand. Mm. Um, it's there um, if you need it, but... Um, you know, and, and of course, there may be times, you know, in, in the sometimes you say maybe warm outside, but the sun's not quite doing the business. Um, you know, uh, that could happen. So, um, you know, it makes sense to have a, a backup. Yeah, yeah. And so your electricity bills, did you say then? On yeah, average, no, so that, that, that was about, no. Um, no, let me see, that comes every uh, of months doesn't it now, I think yeah it's about, oftentimes it depends on yes the that's right so it varies but i think it would say it would be about between the 75 and 100 euro um right so, yeah yeah that's for, that's for, not for too a bad. Yeah. Period. so um yeah that's, that's and that's with is. only 0.2 u value 0.2 is the average for all of the fabric now okay. you, you can build a house now the roof is much better the, and the, the walls are a bit less or um yes well you see that includes the glazing so um oh yeah you know, mm -hmm. it, it, you know if you have triple glazing if you have a passive house standard glazing you might have 0.7 uh, but if your glazing is 20% of your uh, of your walls that's going to make a big contribution so i'm trying to get the whole thing including the glazing uh, down to uh, to 0.2. So you know okay. you've got a limit uh, on the glazing. That puts the pressure on all the rest of it. That's why I've got, um, you know, uh, what, 30, uh, 300 mil practically of insulation in the walls uh, and the roof and the floor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so then, so then the the best investment obviously is, as always, um, the insulation, the air tightness, and uh, and your windows. I guess I mean it is the the whole thing of the fabric as opposed to then starting to try and go and invent invest in all these bolt on 
things that you might not necessarily need. I suppose you do need to invest in the mechanical ventilation with heat recovery, don't you? You do. Um, it is, is mechanized, though. What if there's a power cut? That's always the question. Yeah, yeah. well, if, if there's a power cut, then, I mean, you know, uh, the system is generally um, failed to, to an open system. So you won't be starved of, uh, of ventilation. Uh, mm -hmm. You won't obviously have the, the heat recovery aspect. So mm -hmm. you'd, lo you'd lose that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, power cuts actually is interesting, you should say, because um, thankfully they don't seem to, be, seem to be so much of a feature uh, of our lives these days, but who knows. Um, but, um, uh, you know, in the past they have been. So one thing that I did when, um, you know, regarding the, the back boiler on the wood burner, I didn't have a pump on it. Instead, I have inch gauge copper pipes leading up as, as directly, as straight and vertically as possible from the back boiler up to my hot water tank. And that allows the water to rise um, out of the back boiler by thermal buoyancy up into the tank. And the cooler water then naturally falls down uh, the return leg. And the whole thing works perfectly well without a pump. Because um, I did wonder what would happen if there was a power cut um, and my pump failed. Um, I would have to, uh, I would have an issue with the back boiler. It would start to overheat. I would have to douse the fire and then I would lose my heating as well as my hot water. Um, oh, yeah. But the way I've done it is, is simple. And that, that, I think that's a, a, a good watchword. Um, I remember um, shortly before I uh, built my house, I was uh, lucky enough to be invited on a study tour. I think I've mentioned this in, in your um, magazine before, a study tour to Denmark. Um, by the the company that makes uh, um, uh, Velux windows, Velpac, and they had a demonstration house there, which was really fantastic. I mean, it was a showcase for their um, their their products, I guess, and it had um, you know automated uh, windows, um, you know, automatically opening for ventilation. It had a heat pump. It had um, it had everything basically, mm. and it it was very impressive. But I came away from that thinking, my gosh, you know. Uh, that's very complicated. I mean, it'd be very yeah, expensive. And controls, what happens when yeah. things go, start to go wrong, the maintenance, you know? So I was determined to, to make uh, my house low maintenance, future-proof. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, yeah. Unless things can go wrong then, obviously, as you say. Yeah, and I suppose, indeed. I guess, the the other point to touch upon, you built with timber frames, so there's yes. more, um, you know, there's obviously more... Um, quality control that can be because you know you have the timber frame company usually that erects it on site and there's Indeed. you know everything's kind of much more uh, precise than let's say block work I mean there are issues with installation people think they might be getting a really good U value on their wall but if you know there it wasn't if the insulation wasn't put on properly really carefully like you know, against the inside block and that there's no mortar at all and that, you know, there can't be any thermal things happening in there. That means that your insulation basically is halved. Um, so, so there is, like, how can people actually, I know it's, you know, uh, but like it, it is an issue of trying to, to, to just warn people that, you know, you, you might, something might look great on paper, but, um, you know, it is all about the installation. So, Absolutely, you know, and yeah. for block work, especially, like, is there any tips, advice that people can, um, you know, turn to or like just have a really good, I guess, maybe project manager on site or love? Yes, Obviously, uh, self-builders tend to oversee it themselves and rely on the expertise of the tradesmen. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of, you know, you don't want to tell the builder 
but you know like what do you know about building like the builder should know but like how do you know that you know so. i i mean i absolutely look i, I you know there's that that's really uh, the the crux of it, isn't it? You know, are you going to get, uh, you know, the the house that you uh, that you expect that you've, uh, you know, that that, that you want? Um, okay, with timber frame, yes, generally, I mean, it is possible to to, to have timber frame that's more uh, self build. You actually put the thing together on site, but generally speaking, you're talking about um, factory um, uh, fabricated panels, say for example, and uh, they will have. Um, you know uh, the the weatherproof um, uh, outer membrane uh, already in place. They get uh, they get uh, craned into position. Um, you know um, uh, mechanically fixed together, and then you in, the insulation, and then the in, interior uh, membrane, the internal um, you know air, air tightness membrane, and that is all uh, extremely important. That all needs to be done absolutely. And if it isn't, your air tightness test will pick it up. So. Um, you know, um, at least you have that. Yeah, you do. Now, I think when it comes to looking for a, a builder, I mean, I've been asked this question so many times, you know, um, how do I how do I find a, a builder who, who can build an energy efficient house? Well, I would say a builder who, who builds to quality can build an energy efficient house, but you need to sit down, have the conversation with them, explain uh, what it is you're trying to do. And if you're not happy that they uh, are, understand it or, or, or are happy to go along with it, then, then you go looking for a different builder. Go uh, ask to go looking at some houses that they have built. Uh, look at the quality if you can. Um, the, the, we did have some um, uh, building work, obviously, some block work. Uh, I wasn't really relying on it in this case, either structurally or for, uh, you know, a thermal or, or airtight uh, membrane. But I was very happy to see even the parts of the block work which were never going to be visible. All the mortar joints were perfectly struck and really clean, and that was a really good sign. That's that's the quality that you need because block, conventional block, um, people may not know this. It's not even airtight. Uh, you know, standard block. So if you've got, it's uh, the plaster that gives the air tightness layer, correct. isn't it? So you really want a scratch coat at least that that covers the whole of the internal surface of the block. That will make it uh, airtight. Don't let them skimp on the on on uh, on the scratch coat at the bottom, thinking, oh, well, it's going to be covered by skirting, and it doesn't matter. It does matter. And again, uh, your air tightness test will pick that up. So you know. Yeah. So then air tightness test mid-build should be kind of standard, kind of, um, to warn the builder ahead of time, we'll, we'll do a test yeah, mid-build and it it's, has to It's maybe difficult to do that uh, to a certain extent until uh, the thing is sufficiently closed up, by which time it may be difficult to get in and, and yeah. carry out remedial, remedial actions. There's a certain amount you can do with But it's better row. than if, if it's, it's all the way at the end and you have your paint on the wall. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, no, that, that, yeah. That, that's so right. maybe try to do it. Yeah, it's a certain one you can sorry, do. The same with, with, no, it's okay. I just say you can go around with gap fill foam and, and, and mastic and stuff like that, but really, there's no substitute for uh, good uh, build quality. Um, yes, you want to be trying to inspect it as you go along, uh, if at all possible. Um, but you know, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, that is going to be. Uh, you know what really makes your house uh, an energy efficient house how it's put together yeah yeah and and so i cut you off there what's the other things you can do to make sure it's did you or did i miss here um <laughs> because it, yeah apart from like the air tightness test before you like totally finish the house i suppose 
Um, well, I mean, you, you can get a thermographic uh, image, uh, imaging camera. Now, um, they're not, they don't tend to be widely used in, in, uh, in dwellings, I have to say, unless you have a building that has a particular problem, you think there's a problem, and then you go in and do a, a survey uh, later on and try and, and, and pick out um, uh, where the problem is. And the problem is usually due to um, maybe one of two things, either completely missing insulation or poor detail, detailing leading to thermal bridging, especially at junctions of elements and around openings, that kind of thing. And your thermogram can show up, um, you know, relative uh, areas of high heat transfer, heat loss. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not very common. And to be honest, um, you know, that needs to be used in the hands of a skilled uh, technician, you know, who can, um, uh, you know, do the, uh, the, the survey in the right kind of thermal conditions and interpret the uh, thermogram uh, correctly. So, okay. um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So it's an added cost again, it'd be an extra, yeah, test. It will be an added cost. Uh, yeah, so but... Speaking about this, one thing I talk about added cost, I, I should say that, um, yes, uh, you know, your uh, mechanical ventilation system is going to cost a little more. If you want to have your, um, uh, you know, solar tubes like I did, um, then, you know, effectively I'm doubling up on, um, uh, you know, the, the wood burner could have um, produced hot water or more, more, more likely if you have a boiler or an air pump that could produce the hot water. So if you then say, well, I want to have some solar tubes, you've got a harder argument to make economically because you're doubling up on, on that uh, capacity and you're increasing your, um, you know, your capital cost. So because I designed out the boiler, no boiler, no heat pump, no radiators on all the piping, that saves a lot of money that you can put into more insulation, uh, the mechanical ventilation, uh, heat recovery system, plus, I'm not only saving on the on the capital cost, but I have no gas or oil or heating for electricity forever. So that yeah. really turns, And no maintenance cost associated yeah, to any system. That turns system. the whole argument on its head because another question that people ask is how much, what, what is the economic uh, optimum? How much insulation should I put in before it starts to, to not be worthwhile? Well, if you're designing out a heating system, that turns a whole economic argument on its head and you can put in a lot more insulation because of the money you're saving on the other components. Yeah, yeah. And get to that point two overall is kind of that magic Yes, number. I mean, that, that was a figure yeah. that I, I kind of had, had in my mind. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that was necessarily, um, you know, the, the, um, the, uh, an absolute figure. And of course, that's something that a passive house software will help you to do. It will help you to uh, do those calculations and you can see what, uh, you know, is the impact of uh, different specifications of, of, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Well, listen, thanks so much, Patrick. Really appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure. You know, um, there's nothing I like talking about more, really. Energy is the only thing I know. And uh, when it yeah. comes to my own house, then uh, if I'm not an expert <laughs> in that, then I don't know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> a pleasure, as always, Patrick. Thanks, Astrid. That's it for this Self Build Plus podcast episode. Tune in next time for more tips and advice from experts and self builders alike. And make sure to explore everything Self Build Plus has to offer. The Self Build Plus journey guides you through the process of building and home improving. The Self Build Plus forum allows you to share and learn from other self builders. While the Self Build Plus videos and our Self Build Plus virtual events are packed with information and advice. 
with self-build. Stop dreaming, start building.